The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock-solid hope in Rim Country. July 11th, 2 Timothy 2, 1-13 Have you ever wondered, why do we have pastors? Some might perhaps simplistically say, well, we'd need someone who's able to stand up and speak in front of a crowd. I'm not going to do it. Or maybe others might a little bit more skeptically say, well, we have pastors because there's narcissists and people that want all the attention. Or maybe someone might just look at the situation and they might reason out and say, well, we got to have pastors because, I don't know, that's the way we've always done it. Really, I heard a, an older pastor once tell me why he was a pastor. He said, do you want to know why I'm a pastor? Because that's the only way God could get me to go to church every Sunday. Well, why do we have pastors and teachers and spiritual leaders and shepherds in God's church? We should really be looking not at those answers, but what does God's word say regarding this? And we'll be looking at God's word as we start a series this week on what does it mean to be a faithful minister? We'll see what God's purpose, the pitfalls are, and what the power is for those who serve as ministers of the gospel. And you might say, well, I have no intention of becoming a pastor. What does that have to do with me? But it has everything to do with every believer, including you. We'll be looking at four different sections of scripture as we look at that during these next four weeks. And today we'll be looking at a section from 2 Timothy as the Apostle Paul writes to a young pastor. And these aren't just words of instruction that the Apostle Paul came up with. He writes here by divine inspiration as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit. These are words regarding faithful ministers from our God and for us. Thankfully, we, we don't have to rely on the human ideas or inventions or devices for what it means to be a faithful minister. We have descriptions, many descriptions in the Bible about that. And here in 2 Timothy, as Paul writes to the young pastor Timothy, he first of all makes it clear where a pastor, a faithful minister, gets his strength. He says here at the start of chapter 2, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Pastor doesn't serve faithfully by his own strength or by his own power or his own wit, but by being in the word and the gospel of his Lord, the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That is what gives him strength and endurance to serve faithfully. Then Paul goes on to really explain how we have, what makes a faithful minister, one who is in the grace of Christ. Really, he's describing worker training. Verse 2, he says, Entrust the things you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Paul's basically telling Timothy to serve as one of the, the first New Testament seminary professors to establish a worker training system in which he entrusts others with the message that he has been entrusted in the word of God. This, this system of training workers to share the gospel is vital to God's church and to have faithful ministers. 
the church that decides it does not need to invest time and energy in training those who teach God's word will soon lose their Christian aspect. That's why churches like ours, and not just ours, but every Christian ministry that's faithfully held to the word has spent time training teachers and pastors in the word of God. This is something that is absolutely necessary to train others. We see it happening from the school of the prophets at the time of Elijah to Jesus instructing his disciples before he sends them out to hear the instruction to entrust the word to faithful people who can teach others. Why is that so necessary to be instructed and grounded in the word? Because it won't be easy. You know, some people would say that jokingly, pastors have an easy job because they only have to work one day a week. Or maybe someone would desire to be a pastor thinking it's one of the easier jobs. Or maybe if they have a, a training system like our church body in which, which they must go through eight years of instruction and discipleship, maybe they still might be tempted to think, well, maybe after I finish my schooling it'll get easier. But the Apostle Paul knows better and he would say serving as a faithful minister is anything but easy. And so he gives us three descriptions about what a minister must do, three pictures. The first, he says, share hardships as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the affairs of everyday life. If he does, he will not please the one who enlisted him. Serving as a soldier means that the minister does not work to please the people that he serves. Rather, he works to please his commanding officer. And no, his commanding officer is not his buddy on the church council. It's not the person in church who gives generously. It is the Lord. His commanding officer is the one who commands the heavenly angels and who holds the universe in his hand. He might be tempted, if he's not instructed in the word and faithful, to please those around him, to become a backscratcher, to please the, the hearers, rather than to please his Lord, to give glory to them rather than glory to God. And when he doesn't, sometimes he'll face hardships. Many do not want a faithful minister who is serving the Lord and not them, and they persecute him or turn against him or abandon him. Paul gives another picture, one that I can relate to. If anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive a crown unless he competes according to the rules. A faithful minister is also like an athlete in that he has to follow the rules of the game. He cannot simply say, well, I don't like what is written here. I'm going to alter this and make it a little bit easier for me. Or I can't jump over that. I'm just going to knock that down. The faithful minister competes as a, an athlete according to the rules of the game. He does not look at another minister or another competitor and try to knock them down simply because he doesn't like the, what they're doing. He competes for the prize according to the rules, that is, according to what God has given in his word, and he lives by those rules. Paul gives a, a third picture. Not only will the pastor who bends God's rules find it easier and avoid persecution, but the pastor must be in that word all the time. He says, the hardworking farmer should receive a share of the crops first. Pastors can be tempted to make someone else their commanding officer rather than the Lord 
and to please men rather than God. Pastors can be tempted to change the rules of the game and divert from the word of God, but they can also be tempted to give up on the word of God and the time spent in that word. See, the picture of a farmer is one who is working hard, waiting for that crop, and benefiting, Paul says, first from that crop. I know how this is when I've done some extensive gardening and how you get that that first delicious tomato, that first of the ripe zucchini, the first of your crops. Paul's not talking here about so much physical blessings when you're a pastor, but really the first of digging into God's word in Scripture. Every sermon, every Bible study, every time that he spends in God's word first feeds himself. The pastor who begins to think, well, I don't need to spend time in God's word. That's not necessary. He's cheating himself. He's not faithful and he's robbing his flock of fresh food, which he has to first feed himself and benefit from, so that he can also in turn feed the flock. It is necessary for a pastor to serve the Lord as commander, to not change the rules, and to dig into scripture so he can be fed and feed the flock. All this is because it's hard. He says, endure hardships as a soldier of Christ. The hard-working farmer, the patient farmer, the athlete who competes, how easy it is for a pastor, a, a minister, to no longer serve the Lord. How easy it is for them to start serving those around them so that they can avoid hardships, avoid suffering, and have the world giving them praise around them. Pray for those who serve as ministers that they might continue to serve their Lord and his word and put him above all. How easy it is for a minister to change God's word as an athlete changing the rules so that they can get by easier, really to cheat, and find themselves no longer faithfully serving the Lord, but serving their own interests. Pray for those who serve that they might follow the word of God and endure hardships. And how easy it is for a pastor, I know this too, to dismiss time in the word as not so important that there's other things that need to be done. And so cheat himself and cheat his flock of faithful crops and fruits of faith. Paul gives us a reason and a motivation for everything the minister does. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, a descendant of David in accordance with my gospel. How does a minister serve faithfully? even though they must serve as a soldier, an athlete, a farmer, and in spite of all the hardships, remember Christ Jesus. It's not about the minister. It's about him, about Jesus. Christ Jesus, that is the chosen one. He's a descendant of David. According to his human nature, he came in the flesh. And he lived as the faithful minister. Jesus always served the commanding officer, always perfectly kept the will of his father and accomplished what he was sent for. His marching orders were kept. And Jesus, as the faithful athlete, did not change the word of God the least bit, not even the least stroke of a pen, as he kept faithfully preaching and teaching those around him. And our faithful minister, Jesus, endured every hardship, even his own hometown rejecting him, because he knew of the crops, the fruits that he would bear as he dug into Scripture 
taught the people the word of God and faithfully served. Our faithful minister Jesus, yes, served to the point of not just being chained as we see Paul is as he writes this letter, but crucifixion. And he faithfully faced this so that we might have a faithful minister at all times, a faithful servant, which is that word minister, for us. Serving us that it might be for our eternal benefit. This same Jesus, the descendant of David, is the Son of God who rose from the dead. And he's victorious. He is the soldier who won the battle, the commanding officer who has the victory in hand. Jesus is the athlete who's completed the race and he's waiting there to give you the prize. Jesus is the farmer who will come again and will gather in his harvest at the end of the age. He is the faithful minister. Paul knows how much a minister must suffer. He says, This gospel message, remember Christ, which, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Serving faithfully is not hard, or is not easy. But Paul knows and says, The word of God is not chained. You could censor me. You could give me a fine. You could tell me to stop doing what I'm doing as I serve my commanding officer. But the gospel that I share is not chained. God will raise up another who has been taught the word of God because a body of believers has supported that teaching and entrusted that teaching to another. You could take the seminary that we support and close it down and lock up everybody, but God will raise up another and his gospel is not chained. The message is shared because we know this message is worth sharing. We can say with the Apostle Paul, For this reason I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain salvation. The faithful minister remembers Christ Jesus, who won salvation and eternal life, and endures everything, knowing the gospel is powerful and will not be chained, but rather will bring other sheep who are not of this sheep pen, and they too will share and obtain the eternal glory that we have with Christ. You see why a faithful minister can endure persecution, face hardship? It's not for personal gain, it's for Christ and what he's gained in his kingdom and the benefit of others who will also share in the glory that we have in Christ, the grace, the gift that is ours in Christ. I want to close today with this saying that Paul concludes with here. It's really a, either a creed or a confession or a hymn of the ancient church. And as Paul writes this saying, he calls it a, a trustworthy saying. It reminds us of what faithfulness means for those who serve him. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. Many regard that is our dying to Christ, dying with him in baptism. We now live a new life with him but it also goes into eternal life. Verse 12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. I have not served as a faithful minister at all times as I ought. I'm sure you too recognize you have not always followed your commanding officer or competed according to the rules or patiently looked for the, the crops. We know despite the times we have failed in faithfulness, it's not about us. 
and the faithful minister knows it's not about him. It's about Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. And he, he is our faithful minister. Amen.